morning, everyone. Today is uh, Thursday, the 27th of February, and we will continue with our study of the book of Revelation, chapter 13. Before we do that, let's go to the throne of grace in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Blessed Lord Jesus, you are the author of life and the perfecter of life. You promise to be with us in all of our needs. Thus, we are encouraged and exhorted never to fear anything. In spite of the persecution that may come upon us, as the beast will reveal the wickedness in this world, help us, O oh God, to put our trust only in you alone. To that end, be present among us, enrich our lives, enlighten our minds, and in our hearts store your word that we may be confident, comforted, and consoled no matter what may come upon us. In your name we pray. Amen. We are in Revelation 13, and I want to read verses 10 and following so that we can capture the activities that's going on first and foremost and then pursue what we were discussing prior to the um, class beginning. So John writes, if anyone is to be taken captive to captivity, he goes. If anyone is to be slain with the sword, with the sword he must be slain. Here is a call for the endurance and faith of the saints. Then I saw another beast rising out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb, and it spoke like a dragon. It exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence and makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast, whose mortal wounds was healed. It performs great signs, even making fire come down from heaven to earth in front of people. And by the signs... That is, it is allowed to work in the, brother, in the presence of the beast. It deceives those who dwell on earth, telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lives. And it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast might even speak and might cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. Also, it causes all, both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand or the forehead so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark that is the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 666. All right. First and foremost, in verse 10, he's talking about if anyone is to be taken captive, to captivity he goes. If anyone is to be slain with the sword, in the sword. This is just to declare that the life of a Christian, it never will be without suffering. Please understand this. The life of a Christian is never without any suffering. No matter what age what time, what era in the history of mankind the Christians have been persecuted all the time. You go all the way back to the time of Jesus Christ. Even Jesus himself was persecuted and suffered the consequences. And those who followed him were also persecuted. I'm sure you've heard and you read the history of the world during the Christian um, era how many of them were let loose in the lion's den, hyenas, wild dogs, and there is even some who were put on a stake, put uh, tar on them, and lit up 
so the Roman games at night would be played. So don't for a moment think the life of the Christian is going to be life of smoothness. Suffering will come. You remember what we talked about last week in Revelation 2.10? Be thou faithful unto the end, and I shall give you the crown of life. Right? So, regardless of what happens, and here is where we want to pick up what we talked about earlier in relation to what's going on in our nation, the coronavirus, right? Well, Uh, The latest statistics right now, 61% of Americans are deeply worried about the coronavirus. 37% are somewhat worried, 15% barely worried, and very few in the zero mark to be worried. So that was on the radio this morning on Kellerland, and so I called and I said, First and foremost, the devil has only two tools that he works with. The first is fear, and the second is deceit. That's the only tools the devil has. Fear holds you into slavery and bondage. Fear shackles you. You can't breathe. You can't. Do anything. You are so fearful. That's the first one. The second is deceit. That God has abandoned you. And in my conversation on the radio, I said, you know, those are the two elements. But Jesus said to us, rather than having fear, have faith. Right? Rather than being deceitful, know the truth. And I said, Jesus is in total control of the whole universe. We focus on one thing, and we are so fearful. But if it's not the uh, coronavirus, then it's cancer. If it's not cancer, it's cholera. If it's not that, it's chicken pox. Do you realize that Uh, 27% or 27,000 people a year die from influenza. You, You do the math. But people just hold on to this one thing. And of course, the media frenzy feeds this. Whoa, I'm not going anywhere. I'm gonna be just stuck in my house. And that's exactly what the devil wants us to be. The suffering that you hear in this place is to remind us life for us in this broken world will always be one of trials and troubles and tribulation. But if you are held captive in that, then what is the outcome. So you sheltered yourself. You don't see the sun. You look and listen to the television and all they are feeding you, more coronavirus had shown up somewhere, like California for right now. And all of that is just feeding the frenzy, like piranhas. And I said on the radio again, I said, A, God is in control. If Corona will not kill me, something else will. I will die. It doesn't make a difference. God has the days all marked. And the thirdly, that God will work in this situation for our good. The suffering produces something wonderful. Tragedies open the door for ministry. When are people more receptive to the gospel? In times of trouble, in times of hurting. That is correct. That's when they are open to hear the message. I was just reading a note that I got from Lutheran Our Ministries 
and they're talking about this tragedy in Nicaragua that happened. Uruguay, excuse me, this 16-year-old girl lost her um, best friend. So that was tragedy. She was distraught. Well, her mother, Camille, heard the Lutheran Hour ministry with words of hope. So she called. And through the tragedy, they found triumph in Christ. So, uh, going back to this verse here, if anyone is taken captive, how many, oh here, your sister-in-law is taken captive, right? For the sake of the gospel. Rather than focusing on that which drains us of the energy and the love of Jesus by focusing on the television that talks to you all the time but never listens to your concern, why not take the scripture and spend time in the word? The word of the Lord is your comfort. The word of the Lord is your hope. The word of the Lord is the light out of darkness. Is that clear enough to say? You know, because Jesus always says, fear not, I have overcome the world. So what if I die from the corona? What is that going to do? You're in a better place. Thank you. I am in a better place because I'm in the presence of the Holy One of Israel, right? Here's my description of worry. You guys ready? You're going to laugh because the guy at the radio says, I love it, Pastor Noor, I love it. Worrying is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it never gets you anywhere. You can rock all you want to. That's what worry is. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. How many chair, rocking chairs have you wore out, Wayne? <laughs> <laughs> All, of All of them. Did it change anything, Dwayne? Did your worry change anything? I, I don't worry very much when I get my rocking chair. <laughs> you don't worry as much as you... Well, maybe it just keeps you busy doing something you don't have enough time to think. You can't do two things at the same time. Oh, he's sleeping in the rocking chair. But here's my point. Is this fearful? It can be, but it doesn't have to be, right? What about the economy? You know, like the stock market has gone down $2,000. Oh, 2,000 points, excuse me. So what? Am I going to jump out of the building like they did in 1929? See... There is never a time in the Christian life that there is no trouble. I don't care who you are. Uh, why, why should the stock market have anything to do with it's politics? Why Not should politics. the stock market have anything? It is all politics. You know, yeah. I suppose, though, because we are so connected to the world with so many transactions, but... Have it, has the corona changed what you are doing every day? Yes or no? No. Will it change anything that you are doing? No. Why should it? Now, you said, Ray, yesterday somebody went to get a mask. Tell me in your own words, uh, what does that uh, say about that person? Well, they certainly uh, don't believe in heaven for one thing. Well, I can't say that because I don't know, because we do have Christians who believe in heaven. But I want you to unpack this. What was going on in the person's mind? Well, they were worried that they were going to get sick. They were worried that they might contract the disease. And so now they are taking preventative methods, right? I'm not against any of that, but my gosh, we don't even have anything near us. You've been killed walking across the street. I might. Well, yeah. I mean, this happened just recently in Hartford, right? This young lady, unfortunately, she was run over by a drunk driver and she got killed. I lost a swimming when I was about seven years old. And uh, we were always together at school and recess and everything. Polio. Yeah. But I, I wasn't worried, but I know my folks were. 
Yeah, but you know, and I'm not saying that I don't worry. Don't don't hear me that I am so aloof that I don't. I do, but not necessarily to overcome that way. The the older I get, the more I mature in my walk of faith. It has nothing to do with that. Um, you know, I just realize too, the light of the gospel burns brightly in the midst of the darkness. You know, every time my sister-in-law calls from Rwanda, mm-hmm. she assures us that she's okay, and she's spreading the word of the gospel in the prison. Yep, yep. Well, the thing is, you have to realize mm-hmm. the grace of God is more than sufficient, right? Mm-hmm. What's John fourteen one? Let not your hearts be troubled, right? Correct? What does that mean? Okay. Put something here. Let's go to Psalm 37, verse 5. Psalm 37. Yep. Well, let's begin with verse 3. But verse 5 is the one that I really want to highlight. Psalm 37, beginning with verse 3. Why is all highlighted? Well, good. (laughs) I like to see highlighted books. All right. Everybody there? Psalm 37. Dwayne, did you find it in your Bible? Yep, I got it. Great. This is a Psalm of David. Uh, Verse 3, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. The key element here is trusting that the God who created you, the God who made you, the, the God who sustains you, the God who protects you, is faithful. He will take care of you. No matter what we face in life, God never promised us a rose garden, correct? Yes, Tina. I can see the televangelist using verse 4 in the wrong way. Delight yourself, the Lord, who will give the desires of your heart. Explain to me how do you see... If you follow follow the Lord, you'll get whatever you want. Oh, yeah. How many times have we heard that on television? If you follow the Lord, he will give you everything you want. For this is the desires of your heart, not your flesh. Right. The desires of the heart is to walk kindly in the presence of God. Not the desires of the flesh, the desire of the heart, that we would be one with God. Uh, Turn for a moment to Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. Which, by the way, I use that this morning for my dial a prayer. On um, okay, everybody's there. Philippians chapter three, verse ten. Philippians chapter three, verse ten. Are you ready? Here we go. That I may know him. And the power of his resurrection, and notice the next words, and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. The authors of scripture never shy away from speaking the truth. Sharing in his sufferings. Don't think 
for a moment, just because you are a follower of Jesus, your life is going to be one without suffering. That's not biblical. And by looking at Revelation 13, we see the suffering that the beast is going after to hurt the sons of Adam and the daughters of Eve. Right? So, we have the certainty, and I believe, uh, take a look at the footnote if you have the LSB, uh, ESV um, Bible from our church body. Uh, there is a footnote which I think is very, very helpful. If anyone slain, this oracle is intended to instill, notice what it says, confidence in the persecuted Christians. God is still in control regardless of what they might be suffering. Here is a call for the saints. <clears throat> the beleaguered church is encouraged to believe that come what may, their eternal election is sure. And then they give you Romans 8, 31 and following, which uh, talks about what will be able to separate us from the love of Jesus. Shall troubles or hardship or persecution or suffering or death or principalities or power. Knowing all these things, I am more than a conqueror through him who loved me. Right? So the emphasis is don't look inward, don't look to the world. The world does not do that which is godly thing, right? The world is just hampered by fear, right? Now, go one more place before we move to a different... Uh, go. I want you to go to John chapter 1, the Gospel of St. John, chapter 1, verse 5. Okay? The Gospel of St. John, chapter 1, verse 5. Everybody there? All right. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. It's very important to understand that Jesus is the light of the world. He who follows him will not walk in darkness. The world and the beast and the devil wants you to be so fearful that you stop living. That's not our role as Christians. Our role, our perspective on life is completely different from the world's views so that we might rejoice even in suffering. Even in suffering. Questions, comments, concerns, or thoughts? Jesus keeps me going. Jesus Keeps you going. That is correct, Larray. <clears throat> Jesus is the author and the perfecter of our faith, right? Uh, I just finished the newsletter that will be coming out shortly. And in it, I talked about the verse that I uh, register or sign my name with. How many of you guys know what I normally put on the bottom of the email or a letter to you, or whatever. Do you guys know? Footwork. Footwork. Correct. But the verse. Yeah, I am a foot washer. That's what, actually, that's why I'm dressed without any shoes, because I was doing that this morning. We were doing John 13 for the children's chapel this morning. So it's not that I don't have any shoes, and I, I'm a poor pastor. I'm not. I'm a very rich pastor. But... Um, um, What's the verse that I use? Uh, Philippians 1, 6. 
being confident of this very thing, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. Did you grasp what it says? Philippians 1, 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. If we can identify it in this way, if I may share it this way, if you can look at the board here. This is my life. This is my life. I was born 1955, October 29, okay? That's my birth. June 23rd, 1956, I was baptized, okay? This is my life. And this is today, February 27, 2020, right? Okay. From the moment I was born as a child of God till now, he began that work in me. And it's not up to me to carry the baton. He continues to do the work in me. Being confident of this very thing, who who began this good work in you, will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Another word, no matter what happens to me in life, the author of life got me in the palm of his hand. Okay? And so, this is my confidence. This is my anchor. This is my hope. He is in charge of my life, right? He will take me where he wants me to go. If I start looking at what I'm going to do to help him, I have said, God, I don't need you. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Now, to help you further unpack all of this, we have so many promises in the Word of God. Let's look one more time, and I don't really, I think I may have shared this with you before. Uh, Isaiah chapter 43, which is a beautiful portion of Scripture. I share it often with the saints who are in the hospital. Okay? Isaiah 43, 1 through 3. Isaiah 43, 1 through 3, please. And by the way, when I give you some uh, verses, write them down so when you go home, you can unpack them, study them over, review them, reflect. If you have a journal, write some notes that may help you reflect on these words And this way, you may also memorize these verses, okay? So Isaiah 43, here's what he says. But now, thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, and notice the comforting words, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. So, we can change. Fear not, for I have redeemed you, have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the coronavirus, I will be with you. And when you go through the river of corona, They shall not overwhelm you. Fill in the gap right there. This is the promise of God. The devil wants you to be so fearful you can't see the light of the scripture. But God's word is so powerful. It frees you. Right? Uh, John 8, 31, which I preached on not long ago, right? Actually, that was the funeral for um, Helen, right? You are truly, John 8, 31 and 32. You are truly my disciples 
you keep my word and you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. If the Savior has freed us, why do we want to go back into the prison? That's what bothers me when people are so overwhelmed and worried about things. You shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. This is what Jesus has done because he is the truth, right? John 14, 6, I am the way, I am the life, I am the truth, right? That's the great comfort. Does the world offer us trouble? Oh, Lord, have mercy. Who of us does not have trouble? We all do. I wish I could run and walk like I used to. I can't. My arthritis is so bad, it's troublesome. I have a vice president, a former vice president, Pastor Herb Mueller. He's in the hospital with brain cancer. Cindy just went to be with Jesus with cancer. This young lady, Nicole, got killed by a drunk driver. Uh, I heard from Camille yesterday um, that um, somebody in the parking lot of the high school committed suicide in Hartford. I mean, it's just crazy. So trouble is everywhere. Let's not focus on the trouble. That's exactly what the devil wants you to do. By the power of the Holy Spirit, let's focus on the light of the gospel, the comfort and the joy that comes from the gospel. That's really important for us. <coughs> Questions? Tina, you had... Uh, okay. All right. Well, let's continue. And notice after um, John says this, he says, here is a call for the endurance and faith of the saints. What is he asking us to do? Be faithful. Okay, be more specific. Be forever faithful. Okay, endure it. Meaning what? No matter what, be faithful. Okay, but meaning, think outside the box. Holding on no matter what happens. Defeat the... Defeat the devil. Here is a call for the endurance. Endure it. Be faithful, true, but endure because it's coming. Right? It's not that it's not going to come. It means that it's going to come. Right? You are dealing with health issues and have been since practically since I've been here. Correct? Mm -hmm. But you are enduring that because you have the living word constantly before you, right? And in John 16, 1 through 3, the Lord tells us they're going to do all of these things for you. They're going to kill you thinking they're doing service to me. We are called to endure it. Have you ever been called the name because you follow the word of Jesus? No one has ever looked down on you because you believe in Jesus. How about being spat in your face and called filthy Jew, a uh, filthy Christian? Yeah. They probably think it, but they don't say it. I've experienced it firsthand. Really? Oh, yeah. Somebody walked up to me, spit in my face because I'm a Christian. What did you do? Well, I hate to admit it, but I did spit back. And now I regret that I did that. I was young. I didn't know. But that was in your country. Yeah, it is. And it wasn't something that... Well, you know, even here we're being persecuted. Right. Even here. Yes, too. One of my Bible study ladies in when I was at home... When she would go to work, she left from Bible study. There was a man that mentioned it, called her names every time she came in. Yep. 
Right, and it's very true. What you said is, uh, for those who are listening, uh, a lady was going to a Bible study. Whenever she went to the work, a man was giving her all sorts of troubles because calling her by name because of the faith. To endure the truth sometimes is hard. Our first reflection and response is, man, I'm going to get you. I mean, that's just natural, right? If I walked up to you right now and hit you on the face, what's your first reaction? Honest, tell me the truth. What's your first reaction? I'd kick you. Yeah, you would kick me. That's very true, though. But that's the reaction we normally want to do. But the Lord would have... Yep. But it's hard to do that when it's you personally, right? So, anyway, so with that in mind, keep, keep this perspective. I know we spent a lot of time on this, but... I really don't want you to overlook what the Lord is saying to us here through the Apostle John. The life of the Christian is not a bed of roses. A bed of roses. Okay? What's one thing does a rose have on it? Thorns. Even the beautiful rose has thorns. And it reminds us of the suffering, right? Because life as a Christian will never be free of trials or troubles or hardships or anything else like that. So, uh, then now we talk about the second beast. And remember the first time we talked about the first beast that came out of the sea. And this time we talk about the beast that will come out of the earth, right? So then I saw another beast rising out of the earth. It had two thorns like a lamb and it spoke like a dragon. Okay? It exercises all the authority of the first beast in the presence and makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast. What is the beast trying to make us do? Worship someone other than God. First commandment thing, right? And isn't that in essence what the (coughs) devil did to Adam and Eve in the garden? When he caused them to mistrust God, what were they saying? What were they saying in essence? Very good. So they have replaced the relationship. I know more than you do, God. Therefore, I'm going to do what I want to do. That's first commandment. Even in the um, garden, it's a first commandment thing, right? And he wants us to worship the beast. And one of the things I shared with you when I was talking about the corona on the radio this morning was this fact. What, do you remember what are the two tools the devil uses? What's the first one? Fear. Fear. What's the second? Deceit. Deceit. The devil is still trying to deceit us, deceive us so that we would worship him. He's always wanting to take the place of God. He cannot stand God. So he always trying to cause us to worship him instead of worshiping the Father. This coming Sunday, the first Sunday of um, Lent, we will hear the gospel and the temptation from St. Matthew chapter 4, right? And how did Jesus fight against the devil? The word of God. It is written, it is written, it is written. You want to argue with me? Let's talk about what's written. You have a complaint against me? Let's talk about what's written. You want to see the confidence? Let's look at the word of God, what's written. If you want to defeat the devil, you go to the word. The word is Jesus And the devil cannot stand it. That's important. We fight 
with the power of the word. The devil always wants to deceive us so that we might worship him. Because what did the Lord say? He comes masquerading as an angel of light. Right? He's slimy little thing. Right? So he tells us. Uh, the verse beast whose mortal wound was healed, it performs great signs, even making fire come down from heaven to the earth, to earth in front of people. And by the signs that is allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it deceives those who dwell on the earth, telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lived. The power that is given to this beast causes people to stand in awe and wonder to say, oh my gosh, he is for real, right? So that they want to worship him. And what is that meaning? You be on guard. Test every spirit out there, right? Study and know the truth. If anything smells fishy, if anything takes away from the grace and the power and the authority of Jesus, it is a lie. And did you catch the word um, right in verse 13? It deceives those who dwell on the earth. Did you catch it? It deceives. It deceives. The, the mission of the devil. The mission of the devil. Is always to deceive us. From the truth. That sets us free. That's the role of the devil. To deceive us. By deceiving us. He wants us to trust him rather than trusting the Lord God Almighty. Okay? Uh, you gotta, uh, you know, you gotta be aware. It deceives those who dwell on earth, telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lived. They want to have a statue so that they can worship this beast. First commandment says what? What's the first commandment? You shall have no other gods. You shall have no other gods before me. Would you say that fear is a god? Is worry a god? Yes. Sure. Is money a God. Yep. How about this unit right here? The cell phone. Is this a God? Yep. What about your car? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Can books be your God? Yeah. Sure. Anything that takes the place of Jesus. <clears throat> Simply. Jesus is to be honored above all things. And the beast is always saying, no, I should be worshipped. But notice how clear it is from the Apostle John. They are setting out to, to do what? To deceive us, right? I mean, that's the point of the deception that we have right here. Um, and it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast might even speak and might cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. So if you did not worship him, he had the authority to do what? To kill you. Thankfully, persecution at the point of a gun or a sword has not reached our shores. But I don't think it's going to be much longer. 
with all of the LGBT, all the queers, all of the um, different, whatever they call it, they, de they deny the truth, all of the stuff that uh, is contrary to the word of God, if you don't accept their lifestyle, you are putting your life in danger. You've seen that on television, haven't you? Mm -hmm. I mean, they are in your face, and some people have been persecuted because they say, well, you're not very loving. No. The greatest love we can tell people is what you are doing is wrong, and you are causing yourself to be led the wrong way to hell. I'm here to guide you because I love you and I want to teach you what is proper and what is not. Now, if parents will tell the children living together outside the bond of marriage is wrong, our world will be better. People are not ashamed. I mean, um, we've had some people that announced in uh, the paper, the local paper, that their daughter had a baby, they're going to have a shower out of wedlock. No shame. Nothing. If you want to worship the God of truth, you honor him with your life. Again, not because... <clears throat> You want to repent of that. We talked about it last night, right? Forgiveness comes first and then repentance. So repentance is needed. It's the right kind of U-turn, but it flows out of being forgiven. So this is the key point. And it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast might even speak and might cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. Also, Notice this, it causes all, both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand or the forehead, so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark. That is, the name of the beast or the number of its name. So there comes a time where you're going to be marked, whether literally or not, we will talk about it more thoroughly next week as we um, consider the number 666. I'm going to give you some homework. I'm not going to hand out to you that. But what I want to share with you, if you have internet access or if you have any materials, I want you to do some reading on the 666 number, okay? I What? Tina already did do that. She did. Good, all right. Well, I didn't get to it today. I brought a whole bunch of stuff that I want to share with you, but I, I won't do it right now because we only have a few minutes more before we get into it, and that's going to take us some time to study. But I really do want you to do the work on it, <clears throat> and I have I've gone through... <clears throat> Excuse me. I have gone through the um, Father's book uh, on the book of Revelation, the commentary, and what he brings about it and what other brings about it because it really is very helpful for us, again, not to be afraid of this activity that's going on. Because what you have right here, you have two different beasts, right? And you have the dragon. And this is the unholy trinity. We talked about that last week as well, right? So, we want to be aware that the unholy trinity is trying to do everything in their power. A, to cause us fear. And secondly, to cause us to be deceived. Okay? So, I will stop right here. We will pick it up with the final verse as we go on and discuss in detail 666, the number of the beast, and what does that really mean, okay? All right, questions or comments? Oh yeah, by far. The question was, is the biggest killer abortion? By far. 
by far. They never say anything about it, though. Our history show, tells us that there was the bubonic plague and all these things, and what makes us different, you know? It's going to be. Well, <clears throat> I think for one thing, what makes us different now from all of the <clears throat> other historical events that happened, all sorts of diseases that uh, caused massive death, is now we have the communication to make it known. You know, the people back in the old country, no one heard about all of these things, right? Yeah, uh, I'm going to, I'll go and do that even now, and maybe I'll print. How many of you guys know the story about, now thank we all our God? It's a thanksgiving hymn. It was written during the worst time of massive death that you can talk about. I'll, I'll print the author's comment about, now thank we all our God, and I'll bring that with me for next week to hand out to you. You'll be surprised. <clears throat> the <clears throat> excuse me you will be surprised how the author found joy even in the midst of death because his eyes were only focused on the one who is the author of life Christ Jesus okay I'll bring that I'll, my, I'll write myself a note here um, aren't people more scared too of the coronavirus because People travel more. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure. Now but, than they did years but ago. But yeah, I mean, of course, most people didn't travel more than three miles out of their homes. They didn't have the capacity, or whatever they traveled was only by foot. And so I'll have that all ready for you guys about the author, and I'll print it and have it all ready. Other, other, uh, any questions besides we close for a prayer? Let's do it. <clears throat> Holy Father, thank you for being with us. Even though we did not get many verses uh, covered today, we talked about the truth and the gift of faith and the gift of salvation that we have in Christ. Remove the fear away from us and help us never to be deceived by the one who masquerades as the angel of light. Help us to put our hopes and trust only in you Bless us now for Jesus' sake, in whose name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Have a blessed day. Be good, but not too good. Otherwise, I'll be out of work.